what is church? What is church? I reckon people have all sorts of funny ideas in their head about what church is. I reckon some people would just say that churches are buildings. They're literally just like a building you go and visit. It's just there and you just kind of wander around in it. If you're in a movie and a vampire's chasing you, that's the place to go and hide out in a church building. That's an idea that people have, I reckon. Another idea that people have is that churches are like, it's, it's like a crazy kind of institution, like a whole bunch of powerful people who wear funny hats and have funny sticks and stuff like that. And they think that this is the church. And they go, yeah, those, those powerful guys, one of them's called the Pope. Maybe that's what people think the church is. I don't reckon either of those ideas really capture what church is because basically church is a funny definition, but church is kind of like a party centered around Jesus. The word that the Bible uses when it talks about church is just the word gathering. Church is just a gathering of Christians that's centered around Jesus, which actually means, if you think about it, right now, guess where we are? We're at church. This is church. This is a gathering centered around Jesus and God's word. And so in a sense, this is church, which some of you guys are probably like, what the heck? I didn't sign up to come to church. I want to just play games and hang out with that chick I like. Well, sucked in. You're at church now. You got done. All right. Now, (laughs) damn. (laughs) Now, this is the second talk uh, in a series called Why We're on the Planet. Last week, we saw that we're on the planet ultimately to glorify God, which means show the world how awesome God is with our lives. Well, tonight, we're continuing that series of why we're on the planet. And the second reason we're on the planet is actually for church. Sorry, there's a picture of our church right there. That's you guys. That's us. That's church. It's a gathering of Christians around God's word. We get rid of that picture because you'll be like, I can't see myself. Where am I? All right. So that's what we're looking at tonight. Why does church matter? Now, that's the question we're going to look at. I want you guys to have a think about that question, though, before we talk about it. So if you don't know anything about this stuff, you'll be like, I don't know, man, then just talk to each other. But if you've got some ideas, have a talk, and I want to hear your ideas. Talk to the person next to you. Why does church matter? Go, talk. If this is awkward, just have a thumb war for a second. Okay, cool, that's enough, that's enough time. Throw some ideas at me, why does church matter? Go, hands up, hands up. Church matters because, yes. Yeah, church matters because you don't want to feel like you're the only Christian in the world. You get lonely as a Christian. Church matters because? Church matters to keep you on track as a Christian, I think, yep. Church matters because it shows that we care, yep, yep. Church matters so we can grow in faith or grow as Christians. Yep. Yeah, church matters to encourage our Christian family. That's a good word. We'll come back to that. Yep. Yeah, cool. That's good. Going to the family metaphor. We're a family and families fall apart if we don't see each other. There's a whole bunch of good ideas. I'm going to show you three things from the Bible tonight about why church matters. And here's the first one. Church actually matters kind of broadly, for your sake. Church matters for you. 
that verse that we read out before, I'll read it again. Oh, wait, no, we haven't read it. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. We didn't have a Bible reading. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Check out why church matters. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Hebrews. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Church matters heaps because it's where you will get encouraged to live as a Christian. Now, in those verses, you can see that one of our goals as Christians who are saved by grace by Jesus, one of our goals, though, as Christians is to, to live with love and good deeds in our life. But the way we pull that off as Christians is that we meet together and encourage one another. It uses the word spur. Now, spur is like the thing that you, you dig into a horse to make it go faster. It sounds kind of nasty, doesn't it? But it's like a sharp thing and you're like, go horse, go, and you spur it on and it makes it run faster. Christians get together to spur one another on together. And so, guys, uh, listen to this question for a second. Think about this. If you are someone who would say you're a Christian, are you struggling as a Christian? Would you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but man, I struggle to live the way that God wants me to live. I'm having a really hard time doing that. If that's you, it could be that one of the reasons you're having a hard time as a Christian is that maybe you're not gathering with other Christians as much as you should. Often people find they have a hard time as a Christian because they're not hanging out with other Christians. And so don't be lazy with gather, about gathering with other Christians. Don't be lazy about church. I've seen lots and lots and lots of young people, just like you guys, who've drifted away from following Jesus. And almost always, when they do, they never seem to like straight away drift away from God. So they never go, they're never like at youth group and they're like, I hate this thing, I'm never coming back. More often it's like this. I like God, I'm still a Christian, but I don't think I want to come to youth group or church anymore. I'm still a Christian, I'm fine, I'm just going to go do this other thing on a Friday night because that's more important. And then you talk to them a month later and they say, yeah, I'm still a Christian, I'm just not a very serious one and I've got lots of other things. And actually I've got these doubts. Does God really, you know, and they, and they get a bit floppy. And then like a year later, you talk to them and they go, yeah, I'm not really a Christian. Uh, I'm just, nah, it's not for me. I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. And so eventually they drift away. But it always happens that they give up on meeting with Christians and then they give up on God. It's what always happens. Following Jesus isn't a solo game. Here's the second thing though. Church matters for you guys. Secondly, church matters for the sake of of others it matters for the sake of your christian mates it's exactly the same thing from those verses we read don't give up meeting together like some people have been keep on meeting together spur each other on and so here's the point you guys need to be here to encourage your mates it's not just about you being here so that you can get looked after you need to come here to look after your mates that's what you've got to be doing you've got a responsibility to the person sitting next to you to look after them as a Christian as well. That's really important. I'll give you an illustration. I reckon you could think about either youth or, or church 
in two different ways, at least two different ways. One way you could think about it is you could think about it as a consumer. So you can think about either youth as like a hotel, right? So when you go to a hotel, they're pretty fun places. Someone makes up the bed for you. They put like little soap out in little plastic and look, they look after everything for you. There's like a little mini bar fridge. Everything's taken care of. And when you go to a hotel, you just turn up and you're like, wee! And you mess up the bed and you kick the sheets everywhere. You sleep in it. You use like 10 different towels to dry yourself because they're just there and you can. And at the end, you just leave a big messy pile of sheets and towels and you walk away and you pay someone and you're done. You consume when you visit a hotel. That's not how you guys should think about this gathering. Instead, if you're a Christian, I'm talking to Christians here, if you aren't a Christian, you're welcome to come here, use all our towels and just kind of go home. I don't really care. That's fine. You're our guest. But if you're a Christian, (laughs) we don't have any towels. It's a metaphor, right? Okay. But if you're a Christian, don't think of youth like a hotel. Think of either youth like your home. Now, in a home, you care about the people there. You don't kind of consume when it comes to a home you participate in a home if something's kind of not quite right and you don't like what's going on you're not like who did that that sucks you clean it up yourself you look after it you look after the people there you're you have a part in your home if you're missing people miss you you participate in a home you don't just consume when it comes to a home does that make sense you get the difference between a home and a hotel that's the vision i want you guys to get for what it means for you to come to EV Youth. You come to participate in it and contribute to it, not just consume. There's the first two points. Church matters for your sake, you personally, and your relationship with God, but church also matters for the person sitting next to you that you look after them. Here's the third thing, and this one is huge, and this is why we didn't have a little Bible reading tonight, is because I'm going to take you guys through like a hectic journey through the Bible as fast as I can. It's going to be good, but I'm a little bit nervous for you, okay? But here's the third point. Church exists ultimately for God's glory. The same thing we looked at last week. That's why church exists. And so let's have a quick kind of run through the story of the Bible and church. It's going to be quick and I won't take you to every verse, but listen up. Give it it your best shot. It begins in Genesis chapter 1. We're not going all the way through to Revelation, but it begins in Genesis chapter 1. God creates the world. It's a beautiful world, and he creates a man and a woman, and he puts them in the world together. And so he kind of gathers this man and woman together. And so they're in this garden. They're with each other, and they're with God. It's it's sweet and good. That's the way God kind of blesses them, does the right thing by them. He does this, puts them together in a garden. They sin... And the way that God judges them is that he scatters them away from each other. He separates them out. So he sends them out of the garden and away from him. And also they kind of have this distance between each other because they're like naked and they realize they're naked and there's this awkward relationship that exists because they're separate from each other as well. It's a bit weird, but you'll you'll deal with it. Story moves on. Genesis chapter 11 mankind's feeling pretty good about themselves they're going yeah we're pretty good let's get together and do something big let's build a tower and make a sweet name for ourselves you know what that tower is called tower of babel yeah they build this thing called the tower of babel and they're like how good are we this is sick we're heaps good and god sees them trying to basically glorify themselves instead of glorifying him and so god judges them for it and guess how he does it they get together and try and do this big thing together god judges them by scattering them 
He gives them different languages so they can't talk to each other and he sends them out into the world. He sends them and separates them out into the world away from each other. Fast forward a little bit more through this story. God brings together and and blesses, does the right thing by this nation called Israel. He makes them a nation, he makes them this sweet, powerful country, gives them a king, gives them this sweet land. It's a really good place, they're all together and they're having a good time together in this land but they keep on sinning and they keep on doing the wrong thing and they keep on stuffing up and so God's going to judge this people that he's created, Israel. Come over to Ezekiel chapter 36 and see how God's going to judge them. Ezekiel chapter 36. I told you guys this would be hard work, but stick with me because it's worth it. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 18. God's angry at this nation that he's gathered together to bless. And so here's God's judgment on them. Verse 18, Ezekiel 36. If you don't have it, just listen up. Verse 18. This is God talking. So, I poured out my wrath, which means my anger, on them because they'd shed, the blood, in, uh, shed blood in the land and because they'd defiled it with their idols. So, they've done all this sin. He's angry. Here's what he does. I dispersed them, sent them separate among the nations and they were scattered through the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and their actions. He disperses them, he scatters them among the other countries in the world. Some of them go into exile and end up on the other side of the world and they all get separate. They get taken away from God's presence in the temple and they're all separate from each other. They're scattered. Now, if all that didn't make heaps of sense, here's the big thing I want you guys to understand. When God's blessing people, what's the thing he does? One word, he starts with a G, he gathers them together gathers them in the garden, gathers them as a nation. When he judges them, what does he do? One word starts with an S, he scatters them, all right? He he gathers them to bless them and when he's judging them, when he's angry, they're getting scattered away from each other. Here's the last one. Come to John chapter 11. Because at the moment, God's people are just scattered all over the world, lost and hating life. John chapter 11, verse 51, this is a guy prophesying about what Jesus is going to do when he comes. And this is right before Jesus comes, or he's he's, he's around. Jesus is around. Verse 51, chapter 11 of John. This prophet guy did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied, this is what Jesus would do, that he would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, (laughs) nation, can't say nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. This guy prophesied that Jesus would die to bring together this Jewish nation that he created before and scattered, but not only them, all of God's scattered children who are all over the world, Jesus is dying to bring them together and make them one, to make them one group of people. See, normally, guys, if you hang out at Ever Youth long enough, you'll hear, me say, you'll hear us say this all the time. We'll say that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sins, so if you trust in him, you can be forgiven. You'll hear that over and over and over again. We'll keep on saying that because it's true. It's what the Bible says. But hear what John chapter 11 is saying tonight. 
Jesus died on the cross to save, to save, but he died on the cross to save one group of people together, one big gathered group of people, not a whole bunch of individuals. And so that's huge. And so here's the point. Jesus died to create this gathering. Not just this gathering, gatherings all over the world, but the point is that Jesus died for the sake of a gathered people together. And so every time EV Youth happens, God, you can just imagine God kind of in the background, kind of standing there looking at it going, I created this thing. This thing exists because Jesus died to make this gathering happen, to gather them together. EV Youth is an expression of God's scattered children from all over the world together, gathered. And so that's huge. Church, EV Youth, is a massive thing. It's huge that this thing exists. Do you value this gathering like Jesus does if you're a Christian? That's who I'm talking to right now. It's a huge part of why we're on the planet. To be a gathered people of God's. And this reality, this massive reality of what church is, will shape how you think about church and it will shape how you act towards church because it's, it's why you're on the planet. It's part of why you're on the planet. And so I've got three pretty big applications for you guys on this stuff, three life-changing applications, and then we're going to be done. Number one, make sure... <laughs> If you're not a Christian, make sure that you become one. Make sure that you actually become a part of this gathering, not just by turning up to it and attending it, but actually become a part of it because you've been um, forgiven by Jesus and brought into it. I'm not sure if I'm in clear there, but here's the point. Put your trust in Jesus and become a part of this one gathered people who've been saved by Jesus. Make sure you do that because if you don't, You can attend and you can be our guest and that's awesome, but you're not connected to this family that God has created by dying for it to save it. So put your trust in Jesus if you're not a Christian. Secondly, guys, if you are a Christian, be committed to this gathering. It matters for your sake, it matters for the person sitting next to you, and it matters for God's glory. Don't rob your mates of yourself they need you and you need them and so even when you're tired be committed even when there's a party on that sounds like it's a lot more fun than youth because there'll be times when it's more fun (laughs) be committed guy called jackson steinbeck he used to be a year nine boy leader he's not around here because he's at peninsula youth um he had he said this on his last night of youth group when he was in year 12 he said this up the front he said that youth isn't the funnest thing you could do on a Friday night. But it is the most important thing you can do on a Friday night. I reckon that's pretty good advice. He's a pretty clever guy. This gathering matters, so make it a priority. Third thing. There's a reality that if Jesus has died to save you, then you are gathered together. That's a reality that you can't break, right? It just, it just is. But in spite of that, in spite of the fact that that is a reality, I reckon it seems by by the way we treat each other at youth sometimes that we act like we're not 
gathered by Jesus. We act like there's all these crazy big divisions that exist among us. I reckon some of those divisions that you'll notice is that there's the people who go to a Christian school and there's the people who go to a public school. There's the people who are homeschooled and the people who aren't. There's the people who've been here for ages and they've got heaps of friends and the people who are pretty new and they don't know many people. There's the people who are in year seven boys and then there's the people who are in year nine boys. There's all these crazy divisions and cliques and groups that exist in EV youth. Now, it's okay to have close friends and close year groups and we want that to happen here. But guys, treat each other and live like you've been gathered together by Jesus who died to make this thing happen. Treat each other well. Get rid of those cliques and funny little divisions that exist. Let's make this gathering a gathering that's easy for anyone to come into, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like or they talk like or where they're from or or anything like that. We want this to be a place where anyone feels welcomed and feels gathered in, not just walks in and sees a bunch of cliques everywhere and not sure where they're going to fit. That's my prayer for EV youth. And so feel the weight of that because really this is up to you guys. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Yeah, God, thank you so much for this gathering that you died to create. Thank you for Jesus who saves us. Uh, Yeah, Lord, we have so many things to praise you for. Uh, Lord, we pray that none of us here would give up meeting together. I pray that we would keep on doing that and keep on encouraging each other. Um, Yeah, God, please continue to bring yourself glory through this gathering and please help us to shut down any divisions or weird cliques that exist among us. Amen.